listening to Confessions of a CEO. This is the show where I'll be taking you behind the laptops and lives of some of the best and brightest female minds in the online business game. The frank, funny, and inspiring chats that we have behind closed doors are about to be revealed. This is the secret sauce that you need to hear that's going to help you and blow your mind at the same time. No fluff, just all of the honest good stuff. I'm your host, Mel Moore. I'm a CEO, embodiment, and business coach for female online entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a boutique, virtual assistant agency. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome. Oh, this this is juicy old episode today. Um, I already know it before we dive in. I have known Debs for a while online. We have become uh, online business best friends, uh, Zoom buddies. Uh, she lives in Ireland. I'm in the UK. And she's a little phenomenal firecracker, and I just love her. So Debs is what she likes to call herself is Debs is the whiz behind the quiz. She builds interactive quiz funnels, which are basically quiz lead magnets for online coaches and creatives that generate new qualified leads for your business on autopilot while you're away from your laptop living your best life. So if you've ever seen any of the big entrepreneurs use a quiz like what member of friends are you as a way to kind of funnel you onto their email list instead of a lead magnet, this is this is the thing. It's genius. And music and travel are two of her great loves. And uh, she is obsessed with the spicy romance books. And she is always happy to have a chat in the DMs about who your favorite book boyfriend is. No joke, you will have lots of conversations about this. She's hilarious. So without further ado, let's dive in. Come meet my friend Debs. Welcome, Debbie. I am really excited for this conversation because you and I, I think basically the podcast was born based off of the many, many, many conversations and Zooms that we've had over the last couple of years and how we kind of talk about the very realistic sides of our online coaching industry, the good and the bad, not to say that we sit here and shit on it in the DMs at all. Um, But there are a lot of things that we would do differently and we kind of want to help people avoid that just really get on our nerves quite a bit. So, Folks, just prepare. This will be spicy. If you're prone to cringing or feeling a little flinchy when someone swears, there's going to be a lot of that because that's just how we talk and we aren't filtering ourselves because the spicy juiciness is just what comes out when we chat. So welcome, Debbie. I'm so excited. And yes, I'm Irish, so the spiciness will be here. It's so good. It's so good. So I think we'll start. Let's walk through your journey a little bit because you, like many others, came into the online space hoping that you could transition out of your nine to five and create a business that made sense for you. And it's been quite an eventful journey. So do you want to give us a quick recap? (laughs) So I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. It never even crossed my radar. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to teach. I was going to be a teacher and I spent a year in France doing, you know, the English teaching assistant role and I hated every second of it. (laughs) People thought I was in Paris, you know, Emily in Paris living the high life. I was in bumfuck nowhere, like in the middle of a mining community. I didn't speak a word of French while I was there. It was, it was bad. That's tough. That's tough. So when I came home, I was like, I'm not going to go do like my HDIP, you know, the education part of my degree where you do mm-hmm. teaching practice. So I ended up in a corporate job ah. and it was a great job. Private health insurance company, you know, good salary, good benefits, everything your parents would ever want for you. <laughs> but... I was miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
miserable there for 10 years oh wow and I got to a point where I started feeling shame Mm. and guilt that I had this big dream of teaching and I wasn't doing it so I was like I'm going to go back they do you know the courses online now and Mm -hmm. I thought like being naive I could continue to do my job and be a teacher oh interesting Mm. but I couldn't because how did that work out for you (laughs) so you have to like do you know eight week blocks full time in a school getting the teaching practice and I was like I can't do that with my job they were very not flexible typical corporate you know company um so I start looking up ways to make money online or you know part-time work and not have to be physically there type thing and I found a few virtual assistants on Instagram and I was like Ah. wait what you guys are doing what I do every single day and making 10 grand and living in Bali and all the things that we have (laughs) spoke about numerous times and I was like okay I can do that while I go back and do you know my teaching Mm. practice but then I found the coaching industry part of like who these VAs were supporting and I was like huh they're making even more money have even more fun online without this is going to sound horrible, but without doing the work that the VAs are doing. Yeah. Like you're showing up and selling the dream while your VA is, or your OBM is like yeah. running your business. Told you all we'd be spicy. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, like that's what they were doing. And I was like, wait, isn't coaching essentially another form of teaching? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teaching adults that are mm-hmm. interested and want to be there and aren't going through pu- puberty trying to learn another language just to get like their A-levels or whatever. <laughs> so without so dealing with teenagers is what you're trying to say. <laughs> right? So I was like, maybe this could be like the back door into like teaching. This could be yeah. a different journey. It might not look what I always thought it would look like, but it's going to be hopefully amazing. So I started my VA business whilst working my nine to five I got a couple of clients pretty quickly for Instagram engagement and stuff like that. Yeah. Tell me where you started. Were you like £15 an hour? Was it really shocking? Because it usually is in the beginning when you don't know what you're walking into. (laughs) It is. I started at $25 an hour and I did it differently to how other VAs I know because I am, to my core, a perfectionist. I have a fundamental fear of failure. (laughs) So I decided if I was going to do this, I was going to do it right and hire one of those coaches straight out the gate to help me get success. And you know that journey. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're not here to throw anyone under the bus. Let's just be very honest about that. So we're going to try and be as tactful with this conversation as we can. Um, we will not name names. That's not what we're here to do. But that experience for you, hiring a coach straight out of the gate to help you build this business was the aim, right? But what actually happened in that process for you? From the word go, it was terrifying but also not what I was used to. Bear in mind I worked for a private health insurance company. I didn't have a high-flying marketing job or tech Mm. or operations job. I was customer service. I was on the desk. You ring, you speak to me. You come in, you speak to me. And as you can imagine you're dealing with medical claims of a very very sensitive nature. So you have to have like such empathy for 
the customers and people you're dealing with, you know, I mean, the price of it might be different in the UK, but the price of private medical insurance here, it mm. was like, it's crazy expensive. And people cost of living crisis, you know, coming out of a recession, they couldn't afford the premiums, but they needed it. So I yeah. had to develop like so many communication skills and like tact and like I said, empathy for these people. So that's ingrained in me as a person yeah. to then come to this online space. And the first call I had with this coach, I was like, well, this is kind of just a discovery call, right? Like I didn't mm-hmm. have savings for this. I wasn't planning on it. I just wanted to see what you're about. Yeah. And her fees were $3,000. Per month or for a whole package? For the three month package. Yeah. Which in the coaching industry is like the lower end of the scale. But at the yeah. time that was like colossal to me. And I was like, okay, well, I can't afford that. And Mm. then came the sales objections that back in 2019, you know, the coaching industry was very, very high on. And, well, maybe you could pay with your credit card. Oh, I don't have a credit card. I was 32 at the time. I've never had a credit card in my life. I'm not about that. Oh, but maybe you could sign up for like PayPal credit. I was like, again, no. So I walked away from that conversation, Mel, and I applied for my first credit card ever with a four grand limit. You can't see me, but my head is in my hands because it's so You literally, four thousand euro limit. I paid her her 3,000 fees and I bought a MacBook. And I was like, I'm doing this right. I'm going to be successful. It's not going to take me 90 days, six months to get to that 10K month and be living my best life in Bali. I'm going to do, I've done this right. I'm going to be successful straight out the gate. So let's just caveat this with, it's okay for your people to have uh, questions. I like to call them questions, not objections, because you're not trying to batter them in a fight and win out of this situation. They are genuine questions. And when the money objection comes up, which is very normal for it to feel stretchy and scary, yes, your people can be resourceful about finding the money. But what you and I as ethical people will never do and cannot sit and abide by is when people push you into debt to make it happen. Mm-hmm. It's about you deciding what you need to do for yourself. I will never say to someone, go put it on your credit cards. Like, the folks who have told me that they've come to this money in different ways, like ask their family or, you know, decided that it was coming out of their tax pot, they've made a way and then they've made it back because we make it a process that that happens. But encouraging someone to create debt just to get the sale is the worst thing in the world that I can't, I really struggle with because also you're taking someone who's in a vulnerable position and preying on that mindset and selling them a dream. And it's very, it's a little, it's just unethical. So just needed to put that in there. But also like I was so naive. I wanted it so bad. So I did it. I didn't have to do it. I thought Mm -hmm. I was being resourceful. No, well, the good thing is you've walked in there with this really killer mindset. That's half of the the puzzle piece is, is the mindset behind your investment is going to make it back. I'm going to make it work. And you've done the right, well, you've done the thing to put yourself in that position. What happened with that coaching experience and when you were in it? Well, here's the thing. I went into it with that big mindset. And by Mm. the end of that 12 weeks, I came out feeling like complete and utter shit. Because yes, I didn't get the results I had wanted. That's Mm. that. And I don't blame the coach for that at Mm -hmm. all. I wasn't ready. Yeah. And I always say, you know, this is like one of my things. If Mm. you want to heal any unhealed trauma in your life, start a damn business. Oh yeah, make you feel naked and wide open and bring up all your stuff. Literally. (laughs) And I found when, you know, you need to turn on a camera and speak to Instagram. 
I never did that. Yeah. I had Instagram. I followed my friends. We shared pics. I never spoke to a camera in my life. Mm. I never tried to convince people I could help them or work with them. Like, mm. this was, this is very, like you say, it's picture, like wide open. You're raw. Mm. And every mindset issue, quote unquote, that you have around your worthiness, like your confidence, you know, your fears of failure, but also what I realized, my fear of success. Oh, like, yeah. It like, that's comes, a whole thing. <laughs> it is. And we should definitely dive into that. But that all comes to the surface. So I didn't get the results that I wanted. However, I realized that during the container and, you know, you'd bring it up on the calls and this isn't happening for me or like, what's your advice on this? Mm. And Mel knows this because we've spoke about this numerous times. But mm. every single time I was told the one liner that coaches love, you need to work on your mindset. Oh, I'm sorry, hun. I'm doing my journaling that you're telling me to do. I tried to meditate. My manager brain, like it won't calm down for five minutes for me to do so. I've tried your visual- visualization exercises. I've tried this. I'm working on my mindset, but this isn't working. Why? Oh, you need to be more consistent with it. No, what I walked away from that container and not even straight away, but in the past like 18 months or so realized is I had a shit ton of unhealed trauma. Yeah. I needed to get into that I needed to do the subconscious reprogramming not sitting down with a journal writing for 20 minutes actually reprogramming my why can't I speak reprogramming my (laughs) thoughts because Debbie wakes up on the daily and shits on herself like you can't do this you're not good enough for that like you look like shit you're this you're that like nobody hates me more than I hate myself I always say so like good luck to the internet trying to come for me but that was where I was at back then not so much now because I've done the work but but this is a common thing that comes up right so it's if someone's listening to this they're going to be thinking oh my god well like I've had like mindset issues all this way along does that mean I need to go and have therapy I think the difference is the coach's awareness and their connection with the person because it isn't always like I've got this framework right mindset strategy implementation I can give you all the strategy in the world but if your mindset is in the bin you can't get behind the strategy so by trying the strategy we'll figure out what's getting in the way in your brain but then it Mm -hmm. comes to a point where there might be a limit and the bound and the healthy boundary to where I'm a coach and not a therapist is me yeah. being able to recognize that you'll need external help outside of me and guiding you towards getting that resource for yourself versus mm-hmm. going, it's just your mindset. Cause also there's a little, I think we're calling out a little bit of the laziness as well behind the coaching because sometimes it's a number and not a human. Whereas we're so very, you and I are very, very much about that human having an experience where they feel safe to express it. And if the pattern is continuing to repeat, as it might do with someone like you, there's a deeper thing that needs to be looked at. Because I can help, I can spot people's patterns, I can help them through most things. But if the same thing's coming up and I'm hitting a wall with it and so are you, there's a point where you're like, something else isn't right. Let's figure that out. And it's okay, like from, I guess, the culture's perspective to Mm. flip that, to not have all the answers, to not know it all, to be able to say to your client that you're spending so much time with and giving so much energy to that like Debs I see that you're going through this and it's obviously affecting the work we're doing together Mm. I don't have like the skills to help you overcome this Mm. this is what I think you need to do yeah and that didn't happen but thankfully it's something that I became aware of myself and did the work I hired the therapist I Mm. done the you know trauma healing sessions with people I met on Instagram I've done subconscious reprogramming and I've done the work yeah and that's kind of what 
in the ecosystem of my journey that's got me to where I am today because mm. I realized that I don't want to be like the I, I don't want to call the VA an employee because we're not but that's how yeah. I was treating it I wanted more control mm. over like my business the tasks I do all the things so I decided to pivot and become an OBM and holy crap did Debbie start to shine in that role like <laughs> The systems, the tech. Yeah. I learned how to build funnels in that role with the like amazing clients that I worked with. Yeah. And I kind of saw how the digital online space and like these systems and funnels that we were building mm-hmm. were like the total opposite of what I had been brought up in and like yeah. experienced in my corporate role. Yeah. So I had all this, like I said, you know, empathy and like personalization and connection. And then it was like, boom, bro marketers, click funnels, like all the things. <laughs> I was like, but wait, like y'all don't map out a customer journey before you build a funnel? Like what? <laughs> so that's amazing, right? So you were taking your like care of humans from your customer service role and that deep empathy into something very technical, but yes. you're bringing this unique where's the care for the human in this process? How do we make a funnel make sense and, and take care of a human, right? Were you hitting a wall with that with your clients then? Were you beginning to sort of feel like you were suggesting things that they didn't think about or want to bring in? No, because like I say, I worked with dream clients and they gave me a lot of space to play. I was creating funnels for them from that perspective, from my yeah. experience, and they were working and it was amazing. Love that. But it was like a total, like block to what the online space in general was doing mm-hmm. so that's why I I just need like stop treating your people like stripe notifications that you can celebrate on yes. your story yeah and treat them like damn people that just handed you a credit card to pay you 12 grand for three mm. months of your time yeah it's, yeah mm, that's the thing lot, that's like, it, it, it is and I think you know again a caveat this with this is not every coach and every person out there but when we say kind of this bro marketing, what does that mean to you? Because this is one of the things that we both kind of often talk about in terms of bro marketing tactics are icky, but like, let's list a few so that people are aware so that when they're seeing, you know, the shiny object syndrome, they can be a bit more discerning about what is actually good and what is not good. So a lot mm. of people have are very weary of automations, right? Mm. And funnels in general, because yeah. they feel as though they're very like depersonalized. Mm. Yeah. And they are. They feel they're robotic, that people aren't getting that client experience from their investment. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see bro marketing is the automated emails. Yeah. That their sole purpose is to get the sale Mm. and as you're reading these emails you can see that that's the purpose of them right there's no personalization and there's no like connection piece it's very sales orientated robotic automatic that type of vibe yeah and it just like dehumanizes the experience completely I feel like Mm -hmm. absolutely it's it's what you were saying about when you start to feel like a number in the process versus a human that that coach is really interested in building a relationship with and it's and I think there's a a kind of a being really in tune with your senses vibe that you know is something that grows but it's like being able to tune into your intuition and just sit with that process and 
you know, you'll get excited and you can get carried away. Granted, that's all good, but no one should ever force you into a decision either. And you shouldn't feel like a number traveling through their system. You should work with someone that you connect with that really has kind of a vibe exchange, right? Yeah, yes, totally. But it's also predictable, I want to say. Mm. But again, this isn't shitting on like digital marketing or anything like that, because this is how we've been taught for years, right? Mm -hmm. And you know for a fact and I know from building it and this is like what got quite monotonous for me in my role Mm. in building funnels is that okay we're gonna launch a freebie because we want to grow our email list and bring in Mm. more leads okay great Mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen we're going to create an opt-in form with this automation that's going to go to here they'll get the confirmation page and then they'll be put into an email sequence Mm -hmm. that email sequence will look like some variation of a delivery of your freebie two days later here's my story two days later a problem aware type of email two days you know what i mean and then boom email five or six you can predict it like like clockwork you'll be pitched Mm -hmm. that to me is bro marketing right but it's also an important funnel so what would you it do is. differently? This is why I totally pivoted and went into quizzes, people. <laughs> I love this because um, I'm asking you the tough questions, right? Because someone's like, well, that's a part of my business. Are you telling me that's wrong? What should I do no, differently? <laughs> not wrong at all. It is like the fundamental part of the top of any funnel that you mm-hmm. have to bring leads into your business yeah. because like you're going to hit a cold audience at some point. Like you're going to, yeah. your warm leads are gone. They've like gone out your funnel and now they sign up and paid you yeah either way exactly (laughs) and as we know there's not an awful lot of like retention or essential models so they're literally falling out the end Mm -hmm. um but this is why I like I said done a lot of work and I was miserable in my role as an OBM that I have loved for so long and I was like what is it like I can't keep pivoting and doing the things like Mm. what do I love to do and it is like I'm a nerd it's tech and systems and funnel and I had done a natal chart reading, which we spoke about, and Mm. it was full of fire. And the basic takeaway was that I need to have more fun and bring more fun into my life, my daily routines and my business. And I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? And this is where everything changed for me and why I am like Mel can attest to this. I am a totally different person sitting in this chair speaking to her today to the girl that she met because it makes sense now Mm. my business and what I offer is fun for me now Mm. but it also helps me connect with my clients and helps connect to a wider audience Mm. and brings in that connection piece that personalization and the empathy that I said I missed from my corporate job right and god forbid anybody would miss anything from their corporate role (laughs) but like I said I came into this like digital marketing world with people Mm. that came from corporate marketing tech operations backgrounds and little Mm. old customer service me was like well maybe I don't belong here no dad you belong to be here and literally disrupt the whole industry is like my new approach to this yeah and this is where we, we do it different so with the quizzes devs now creates quiz funnels they're the most fun thing i've ever seen i've been through yours and it's brilliant it, it was fun and that was like that was messy action get it out there just so that there's something there like i need to refine that but it, it's so funny because i remember mel asked me on a call one day she was like why quizzes and i said to her do you not remember when we were kids and you used to get like your smash hits in your top of the pops magazines and yeah. 
the only question you wanted to know was which member of Westlife you were going to marry. For me, it was always Shane. <laughs> it was always Shane. Oh, I just love um, those so much. Do you have Facebook? Do you remember you used to get quizzes all over Facebook down the side? Like, right? what animal are you? Or like, what does that? I yeah, I remember it so, so well. much fun. Like that was the first place I like flicked to in those magazines when I got it on Facebook. Like every BuzzFeed quiz ever. Of course, you're oh, going to yeah. take it. You know. <laughs> Bridgerton's hitting top of the charts at the time. I want to know which Bridgerton character I am. I'm going to take the quiz to tell me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you can you can see both of us, like even as we speak about it, we get so hyped up because it's so fun. Yeah. And I had seen one or two people create quizzes for their business and mm-hmm. it was like a light bulb went off. Mm. The heavens opened, God himself appeared and was like, Debs, this is for you. And I was like, I can have fun. I can like do all the things. So like everything in my business, I taught myself how to build quiz funnels. So let's just tell, yeah, tell the people what a quiz funnel is. If they're like, great, sounds good. What is it? Well, it's, (laughs) what's the one thing I always say? Like when you think of quiz funnels, you probably think of those BuzzFeed quizzes, right? Yeah. You know, like what animal are you? (laughs) or Mm -hmm. What character are you? Um, (laughs) They're great. They're fun. They will go viral. But my approach is we want less clickbait Mm -hmm. and more conversions. So this Mm -hmm. is the key to building a quiz for our business because we want it to convert, right? So the quiz is essentially a quiz. It's interactive questions that you can host on a quiz platform and embed it on your website or just keep it on the platform. Mm -hmm. And your customer or your lead at this point, I guess, will answer the questions And the beauty of it is it's not like a freebie, like a PDF download or Mm -hmm. a webinar even where somebody opts in and signs up and gives you their name and their email address. Yeah. No, they're giving you their name, their email address and answering every single question that you decide you want to know about them. (laughs) and they can be market research questions like in terms of you know their goals for the next 12 months and don't make it boring like that but (laughs) like those kind of things it's like one of my most popular questions on my quiz is like the gif of the genie from Aladdin and it's like I'm your business genie like you have you know one wish for the next 12 months like what is it like that's fun as opposed to what's your goal where do you know? be 12 months from now? Right. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> like those type of market research questions. Um, use it to pre-qualify people for the offer that you're planning on launching mm-hmm. or selling them, right? Um, fun, engaging questions like, you know, which cocktail best describes your personality? Um, yeah. You win an all-expense paid trip, you know, f- like business retreat. Where are you going? Like mm-hmm. Bali, New York, you know, give them the options. So yeah. there's, there's fun engaging questions but there's also like the meat and potatoes that you really want to know and Mm. that's what's going to help you convert right Mm. but then they take the quiz they give you their email address to receive their results and this is where the magic happens and this is why quizzes I feel like they're going to blow up in the Mm. next two years they're going to replace all those funnels at the um, at the top of your funnel because you can use not only the quiz results that they get to segment them Mm. but you can also use answers to specific questions so like your first question could be you know what industry are you in and it could be service provider coach you know Mm. product business like digital Mm. like whatever and that as well as the quiz result can put them into different like email sequences so Mm. this is where the missing piece of the connection and the personal personalization that we spoke about comes in because you're using the information that they freely gave to you to nurture your relationship with them 
to empower the shit out of them. Well, you humanize them as well. They no longer feel like, well, tomorrow I'm going to get an email from Mel introducing (laughs) herself. Yeah. Because maybe tomorrow's email could be like, oh, remember yesterday's quiz, you answered this to this question. Here's a freebie I have, Hmm. you know, that tackles that issue. And here's some action steps for you. And then you get that email and you go, oh, wait, what? Let me read that again. Let me like do that freebie. Yeah, it makes that person feel like it's deeply personalized to them. But you've kind of created it so that you have different outcomes and it's a structure and they're just popping into wherever category that the results have landed them. But the thing that strikes me about all of this and the reason why I think this is the most you thing that you've ever done and fits you best (laughs) (laughs) is it's such an extension of your personality and you had and by the questions that you set up and the way that you do it for each of the humans the human who's like said me creating a helping having you create a quiz funnel for me I'm putting elements of my personality into those questions like the what's you know your dream location what's the cocktail that represents you if you're a dog what would you be just it's the things where you can bring elements of your brand personality into the quiz funnel humanizes you and humanizes them at the same time which is so powerful and some of the best top ethical cat coaches that I know swear by quiz funnels yes yeah and they're the difference with them like I said with like the digital marketing like the freebie funnels and the webinars and workshops and challenges Mm. like they are fundamental pieces of your funnel they're so important Mm. because you have to bring those leads in right yeah they're they're over they've been overdone we've been doing them now for how many years and they're (laughs) all like some variation of the same whereas every single quiz funnel is Mm. totally different and the reason they're so popular and like some of the biggest names in the coaching industry mm. and like motivational speaker industry use quizzes because the difference between them and the other ones is that there's actual like psychological factors mm. that go into somebody taking a quiz. The first one is that like we're all low-key narcissistic. <laughs> we all want to learn about ourselves. Like tell me about me. Tell me like what my superpower is. Tell me what yeah. Bridgerton character I am. Like I want to know all about me. Like that's the first part of it and the second part is that it's not a huge commitment it's two minutes to take a quiz and get a fun result yeah I'm not sitting down for a 90 minute webinar that I know you're going to pitch me at at the end yeah because that's just what we do and a lot of people have a lot of resistance Mm. to show up live to that because they like they don't want to be in that energy and they always say I'll sign up but I'll watch the replay yeah you never watch the replay like when do you have a spare 90 minutes in your day to sit down so it's it's that micro commitment right but Mm. the result of that two minutes of you taking that quiz is this brand new relationship that has now blossomed Mm. whether or not you like convert and like sign up to that person's offer or buy their products or whatever Mm. you've developed a new acquaintance a new relationship you look forward if done right (laughs) you look forward to their emails coming into your inbox they're the first ones you would click open and read if they Mm. send you a free resource just for the good of it you will like open it and download Mm. it and do all the things so there's that new connection that wasn't there with your pdf that somebody downloaded and then never actually opened or the webinar they never showed up for and this is it like (laughs) this is what we've always done and known to be how to get leads into our business right yeah but i don't have you done a webinar in the last year or so no 
Uh-huh. Yeah. You have it like compared to two, three years ago, like the show up live rates, they're not as high as they were. No. The conversion rates, they're not as good as they were. Mm. Like one of the coaches I was an OBM for, she absolutely like shined on a workshop or a webinar. Like that was her her place, her high energy. And every single time the conversions were like, like on the call, people were like, boom, signed up, signed up, signed yeah. up. It was, it was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. And then like in the past year or so, she was like, was I off energy? Like, why was nobody converting? Like, why have we not have yeah. nothing? And then me as the person that had built the funnels was sitting there like, like doubting myself. Yeah. It was just, it, it's the digital marketing space. It's changing, it's right? changing so much. Mm. And I think this is so important because this is almost like a kind of the question behind it is like the prediction for the way that we interact and sign up for things in the coming year. It's already changed last year. People were, last year was a weird year. People were definitely figuring out what they wanted to spend, where they wanted to spend it, cost of living, pulled their money back. This year, I think intentional is really the word with how people invest and spend their time and us talking at people to educate them as a free value giving exercise is changing so so much so I for one am excited to see where quiz funnels play a part this year and I think it's definitely going to go upwards so folks if you need them go see Debbie she will help you sort that out She will show them. And and it's funny because I love doing it. And yeah. I I didn't, I, I kind of done it right this time around. So I thought when I decided to do this, I was working with an amazing mentor and we decided I was going, she had a membership I was part of as well. So she was like, why don't you just like beta test it? Because I hadn't mm-hmm. done a specific quiz funnel before. So she was like max four or five spaces, like throw it into just that membership mm-hmm. um, at a ridiculously low price and see if anyone wants it mm-hmm. they all sold out like those that's amazing <laughs> and it has been so much fun but I thought because I had gotten so used to building funnels like I could build you know a funnel start to finish in a week two max depending on when I got the asset in so I thought that would be the same with quizzes right because it's just you're you know creating questions like it's not a big deal it was a big deal <laughs> Okay, so what's the timeline then for you? If someone's like, I want you to help me build a quiz funnel. What's the timeline and how has that changed your business model, right? Because it takes longer. It takes longer, but I'm trying to like condense it. And Mm -hmm. you're talking between four to eight weeks. Interesting. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's much longer than I thought it would be. But then the payback is probably 10 times more than doing a regular funnel slash masterclass slash PDF. There's so much strategy that goes into it because we're not just building like a funnel for you. Mm. We're getting into the minds of your audience, Mm. their problems, their desires, what they struggle with, what they want to know. Then what you want to teach, what you want to learn about them. There's like so many moving parts and it, it will be less than that. Like I'm a solopreneur right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it all. I can write copy mm-hmm. when I do, you know, I get great feedback on it. I'm not about that life. So I don't <laughs> want to write your copy. She'll be outsourcing for a copywriter very soon, folks. I will. This this is the goal. I need <laughs> a, a little designer on my team, a, a yeah. like conversion copywriter and a little mini me. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the goal for this year. I but at the it. moment, because I don't have that copywriter 
And yeah. that's what's like taking time because we walk away, we do a VIP day that's like a full like quiz blueprint, like let's map it out, your questions, your results, all the mm. things. And the the delay now is that they have to go away and write the copy for the emails yeah. I told them to write, write this. And they're busy people with stuff going on. So that's yeah. why it's a little bit longer. It will be refined once I get a team. But just in general, there's so much more work that we thought there would be. But such probably such a higher ROI return on investment sorry folks cringy words <laughs> well I'm just speaking of ROI mm. maybe I'll just give some quick like benefits of quizzes yeah, compared do. to other lead magnets for your people yeah, so you the data this is it right so with quizzes if you're somebody that runs ads you, you probably would have found like with webinars especially like you know you might be talking I don't know the statistics because I'm not an ads person, but like five pound dollars, whatever, mm. like per lead was the cost per lead. Like it was quite high. Yeah. Anywhere between, I think, three to eight was like the sweet spot for like a webinar. Mm-hmm. Whereas with quizzes, the cost per lead is ridiculously low. I know oh. some quizzes that have converted at like a 38 to 43 cent. Oh, that's amazing. Cost per lead. Yeah. So it's a cheap cost per lead. The conversion rates are higher because like we said, there's that mm. psychological backing where people want to take the quiz. They want to learn about themselves. They want the results. So they give you their email address. Um, mm. So they convert better in terms of opting in. But then if you do it right and connect with them and nurture them and make it more personalized, which is the whole purpose of your quiz, mm. they will then be more likely to convert into your paid offers or services yeah. at the end of it. So we're seeing yeah. that. But the biggest like thing is that they allow you to better serve your audience and your client, which to me was the biggest yeah that's what it's all about especially as we said we're very human first businesses you and I and that's something you're able to now give your clients which is so much more powerful I think that's really beautiful so I mean I'm I'm sold I hope everyone else is (laughs) and they have the potential to go viral which is always great because when you learn you know like what's your marketing superpower so this is my marketing superpower let me brag on that and tell my story and tag the quiz. And then I'm watching your story and I see the quiz and I'm like, ooh, I wonder what my superpower is. Yeah. And then I'm going to go take the quiz and yeah. you go viral. Well, yeah, because you're able to generate leads way better on that word of mouth alone with a quiz that you yeah. just don't get in the same way with a free PDF. I, ca- I, can't rem- I can't remember ever sending a PDF link to someone and being like, this is great. You should sign up for this as well. <laughs> It's more like it's in my inbox collecting dust and hearing crickets. So yeah, that's a really key point. Um, I want to touch on a couple of things that I know that's kind of been part of your journey. And one of the things that you and I often talk about is like how we've got clients wrong, had to fire them and got them right. And I know that that's been part of your journey as well. She's starting to smirk. (laughs) Um, So best advice for someone thinking, crap, I've landed the wrong client and I really need to figure out how to fire this person and who the right person is for me. And a bit about your experiences there would just be great. Well, to be fair, my experience wasn't that it was the wrong person. We had a great relationship. Yeah. I, I do adore her. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue was that I was an OBM and I was hired by another OBM oh, who had her agency, right? So I was supposed to be her OBM and come in and set up all these systems and processes that were lacking and all the typical things that an OBM does. 
Yeah. However, there was such a huge client roster and like workload of clients yeah. that automatically I slipped into a shadow of her role. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, took the overflow of work and start building like the funnels and the systems and all the things, um, which was an amazing experience. And like I say, yeah. we, we worked together on this. Like there was no bad blood there whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I wasn't getting to do the typical OBM role that I was hired for. Right. And I guess it all came to a head at Black Friday. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Full on for that I, role. Oh my I goodness. always say, like my thing I always say is Black Friday 2020 gave me PTSD and oh. like big time. So every client on the roster was launching something. Some of them were launching multiple offers. So you oh. can imagine there was checkout and sales pages and emails and all, like there was so much and I have the figure somewhere I think it was something like 18 sales pages that we had to build that's horrendous <laughs> and there was master classes there was checkouts like I have the stats I'll send them to you in the DMs like oh. it's crazy when you look at the numbers but imagine doing that without the foundation of the systems and processes that I was originally hired to create that I hadn't had any chance to. When I say shit hit the fan, like shit hit the fan. And God, like it was COVID time, right? So my client got hit with COVID in the midst of it all. So here I was, even though it it wasn't my business, like I was a fall girl. That's a lot. I had clients, her clients, calling me on Instagram being like why hasn't my podcast gone live and I was like what yeah (laughs) and you just literally sit there covering for COVID on one of the busiest days of the year or periods of the year it was a shit so did you self-combust after that (laughs) I did I joined a program Mm. and it was funny because in the midst of the program my mentors were speaking to me because I was having chronic health issues at the time yeah tmi to people but mel knows this i didn't have a period for seven months i became an insomniac overnight i didn't Mm. sleep like my clients in the states would be messaging me at like 3 a.m being like what the hell are you doing online go to sleep and i'd just be like scrolling so insomnia i like had issues with my ear with like shoulder and joint pains but the big thing was that i didn't have this period and my mentor on the call one day said to me how long have you not had a period for? And I was like, mm. oh, well, you know, seven months, but it's not a big deal because, you know, I, they're not regular anyways. And she literally said to me, when did you start this OBM role? And I was like, hmm, uh, seven months. Oh. Wait, what? It's <laughs> so, wild how our bodies talk to us and we just have learned not to listen. Mm. Do you know if I hadn't been in that program, I probably would have still been in that situation today. Yeah. Um, my mentor said to me on that call, you need to fire that client immediately. And I was wow. like, wow, but I love her. She loves me. We have such a great relationship. She's like, I know she's not a bad client. It's not a bad fit, but it's not the fit for you. You need to. And this is what I was told <sighs> then. You need to be in control. You need to have boundaries and you need to say no. So this is where I did unfortunately follow or fire the client. We had like a two hour Zoom call where we both mm. cried. It was horrendous. Mm. Um, because like I say, it, it wasn't she a wasn't bad, bad client. It just wasn't what you needed right then. We didn't, I didn't get to do what I was hired to do. So we all ended up suffering. Um, so when I stepped away from that, I was like, okay, maybe being an OBM for an agency isn't like my thing. Yeah. Let's just stick to the coaches. 
And then I found the dreamiest of clients and <laughs> figured out what I wanted to I guess specialize in and learn and that was like the funnels and uh, like that client of mine like she realized after that that you know (laughs) things weren't running well and she totally burnt down her business and like started over and restructured and like does everything differently now yeah so you know props to her from also learning from the experience and building something new yeah and it goes to show we don't always get it right and that's okay but sometimes it takes something else happening one of the the dream clients then that I start working with Mm. was one of the clients from that situation oh interesting whose Black Friday thing had you know got fucked up and I remember on our call like our discovery call when because she knew I you know had gone into funnels and other things and we were chatting about possibly doing like that type of OBM role and she had said to me I knew it and I was like what do you mean you knew it she was like Mm. you were the person always there always like Mm. you know communicating with me like getting shit done and she was like I don't want to like stir the pot but like after you left you were blamed and I was like sorry what oh no like like the blame was put on you like it was Debbie's fault that's why she left like that's why we got rid of her and I was like oh no (laughs) oh gosh that's undone a little bit of the good leaving huh you know me and like I said there was no bad word said like I it was an experience we've all learned from it and like we found better places but like that was like the biggest thing for me was like the health stuff well and I think you also there's two things that I want to call back to that you said one is all the signs that your body wasn't okay because depending on how we've lived our lives and where we've come from especially being women we give ourselves less permission to do things differently less permission to even listen to our bodies and identify that they're trying to tell us something so we just railroad through the illness and the symptoms which is where we get to this burnout and the kind of feeling of just like anything is going to make you cry. The idea of a slack ding is going to send you over the edge. Like There are signs and maybe like listening to this conversation, you might identify with some of them. And the other thing that you said that was so key, which I think, gosh, is going to resonate with a lot of women, is the client wasn't a bad client and I enjoyed the work. It just wasn't a fit for me because we kind of assume that when we're letting go of clients because they're not good clients, it's a nightmare, horror show, straight up, easy to diagnose, mess of a client. But what often happens is the client is okay the work isn't aligning or the way that they're working or their value set is slightly different or their ethics in business is slightly different. And it's about, and we kind of go, if we're there because we're thinking, well, I don't necessarily, and this is kind of the trap, right? If you don't have any other leads, you tend to keep that client for longer, which is a a huge part of the work I do, which is creating a marketing and sales process that feels comfortable for you to do so that you're never in a position where you have to be stuck with a client. You know what levers to pull to generate new clients. But when we're newer and we don't have those processes, or lead generation we get stuck in a it's an okay client but you're choosing to ignore signals from your body you're choosing to ignore that actually you're not lighting yourself up when you open the laptop you'd rather crawl back into bed right so I think that takes a level of self-awareness that you had got to I should say to be like no but it also took that outside perspective right for someone to frame it back to you and be like I'm just going to mirror back what you're telling me and it's when that happens that you go ah and that's the outside power of an external coach when they're good (laughs) when they're good yeah that's it it did and one thing I, I want to say and I appreciate that this sounds like I am lying through my teeth mm-hmm. but I swear down 
I had the phone call with that client on the Friday at like mm. 7 p.m. my time because of the time difference. Um, what, letting go of her, that one? Le- like the firing, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the conversation we had. Like I said, it was emotional. It was a two-hour call. Like mm. neither of us wanted to leave each other, mm. but what we were doing wasn't working. So we had that call at 7, 8 o'clock that evening. I went to bed. I woke up at 2.30 a.m. that same day with my period. Stop it. And I... I'm not lying when I say wow. that. I text the Slack channel with my mentors and like, I realize you're all going to think I'm lying through my teeth. I was like, short of literally taking a picture and showing you, I swear down on like the ground that I walk on, I've just got my period. And oh. they were all like, this is what happened. Because it was like mm. a release. And that's when I realized that, like you said, stop ignoring the signals that your body's trying to give you. And I totally changed the way I approach my business. So in terms of what like your audience should do if they're maybe in a similar situation or like their client relationships aren't working, it is okay for you not to click with somebody, Mm. whether that be values, workload, whatever. It's also okay for you to click in the beginning and then for stuff to change. Yes. You need to... Take control, put yourself, your physical, emotional, mental needs first Mm. and build the business that you want to create. And this is the biggest takeaway for me and what has totally changed when I started with quizzes Mm. because I was building businesses. And even when I started working with, you know, my recent mentor and she was like, right, you know, pricing and packaging and I kept creating these OBM packages and then I wasn't showing up I wasn't selling them I wasn't creating content and she was like Debbie what's happening I was like (laughs) I don't really want to be an OBM and she was like okay roll with that why Mm. and I was like well I love the work and I love the team management and the the, and the da 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 I love it all but if I'm being a hundred percent like totally honest with myself I'm only offering those services so that I have three and a half grand you know retainer safety money coming in every month Mm -hmm. It wasn't aligned completely. It was like I adored my OBM clients. The work I did was amazing. They gave me so much freedom. I literally, like I said, taught myself absolutely everything I know about funnels from working with those people. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't happy. I needed, like I was miserable. It was like my favorite quote. And I think I'm actually going to make this the new mission for my business, right? Is that we all as a collective need to stop existing and start living. And like... That is yeah. why quiz funnels to me, like they brought so much like energy and joy <laughs> into my business. But also you can put your quiz on autopilot and like mm. go to your kids nativity play or go for a girl's day to the spa or, you know, go on vacation for a week without turning mm. on your phone. And your quiz is going to do the heavy work and it's going to keep your business rolling along with obviously your teams and systems and other, mm. other things to get you there. But it's it's that piece that stops you from having to be online 24-7 mm. to bring in leads and grow your business. And that was the light bulb for me. I was like, huh. And it's yeah. okay for me to do that and be different and maybe not be, you know, sold out with quiz packages the minute I launch because it's going to take time and it's going to take me speaking on quizzes and educating people on like why they're amazing, how they can benefit like your particular business and industry and all the things. Like it might take a minute to get there. Yeah. But when it does, you'll be set. I'll be okay. Oh, it's like this beautiful journey from getting, doing everything you could to get out of your nine to five, using your teaching skills going through this journey of kind of discovery, really hitting burnout in a way that's so common, 
finding really good mentors that supported you, reflected things back to you, helped you discern what actually felt good and true for you. And then landing in that place and feeling like, A, you know yourself better. You've not only built a business, but along the way, it's brought up trauma that you needed to heal. So the personal development side of it has been massive. And I think that happens for every single one of us, whether we like it or not, it brings stuff up. But it's good because it's the fastest personal healing part of my life I've ever had is being an entrepreneur. And then you've just settled into this, I'm now in alignment, but I'm now building something sustainably that feels good for me. And that is the most powerful thing because it's about, there's always a growth journey, right? There's always learning. And I think it does take time to have the self-awareness to understand what feels aligned, what doesn't, and to make those decisions, right? It is such a process. And I just want to say thank you for sharing it all with us because it's raw, it's personal, but I think there's, it's such a gift to hear it. And there's so many takeaways from this for people to listen in and hear. And it's been fabulous. So to wrap up, how can they work with you and where can they find you? You can find me at debbiedoes.co. On Instagram. And I know exactly, on Instagram, I know exactly where people's minds went when I said Debbie does. <laughs> and that was the whole point. Did we not coin that when you came and talked up Sado in my launch, in my launch club? <laughs> We did. It, it, we did. You. What was the masterclass Debbie does Dubsado? Uh-huh. Um, but it was something when I was starting my business that I had thought of. But then I was like, no, isn't Debbie does like an old porno? Like I can't <laughs> name my business that. But it's the most you name ever because it's playful because it could be mean double couple of things. <laughs> also, for anyone that does follow me on Debbie does that call on Instagram. I'm obsessed with reading spicy romance books. I am a smut bleep and like what better name for a business than Debbie Does. Um, So yeah, Debbie Does on Instagram. That's where I spend all my time. At the moment, we just have done for you quiz builds. Um, There is a service guide in the link in my bio if anyone is interested, but I also live in my DMs if anybody wants to come and have a chat. Um, I'm so excited. And and by all means, just jump in her DMs and tell her how much you love this conversation. And if there were takeaways, tell her because I know she'd love to hear it because this is just hoping to spark more conversations. A hundred thousand percent. And also tag me if you do share the episode to your story because I love Mm -hmm. finding new people to follow. And for people that are like me that might be you know done for you service providers or stuff y'all have been begging me to teach you how to create quizzes oh so is that in the yeah. works all I ever wanted to do was teach Mel so oh my goodness that would be amazing okay keep your eyes posted keep on her Instagram and I think you're going to be uh seeing something exciting in the future by the sounds <laughs> of it oh thank you so much for chatting to thank us thank you love I really appreciate it have a wonderful day thank you so much for listening I'm so grateful you hit play and if you liked what you heard please leave a review especially on Apple and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode if you love this and think someone else would too then don't be shy share it with them let's inspire even more women and every year I will be offering one woman a coaching scholarship and the time is now so if you think you know someone who would benefit from three months of one-to-one business coaching with me head to the show notes and you'll find all the details and the link to apply good luck